Story thirty four of the Fairy Ring. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bridget. The Fairy Ring, edited by Kate Douglas Wiggin and Nora Archibald Smith. Story thirty four The Widow's Daughter. There was once a poor widow woman living in the north of Ireland who had one daughter named Nabla and nabla grew up both idle and lazy till at length when she had grown to be a young woman she was both thriftless and useless fit only to sit with her heels in the ashes and croon to the cat the day long her mother was annoyed with her so that one day when nabla refused to do some little trifle about the house her mother got out a good stout sally rod and came in and thrashed her soundly with it as her mother was giving nabla the whacking she had so richly earned who should happen to be riding past but the king's son himself? He heard the mother beating and scolding, and Nabla crying and pleading within. So he drew rein, and at the top of his voice shouted to know what was the matter. The widow came to the door, curtsying when she saw who he was. Not wishing to give out a bad name on her daughter, she told the king's son that she had a daughter who killed herself working the lee-long day, and refused to rest when her mother asked her so that she always had to be beaten before she would stop what work can your daughter do the prince asked she can spin weave and sew and do every work that ever a woman did the mother replied now it so happened that a twelvemonth before the prince had taken a notion of marrying and his mother anxious he should have none but the best wife had with his approval sent messengers all over ireland to find him a woman who could perform all a woman's duties including the three accomplishments the widow named spinning that is weaving and sewing but all the candidates whom the messengers had secured were found unsatisfactory on being put to trial and the prince had remained unwedded when now the king's son heard this account of nabla from her own mother he said you are not fit to have the charge of such a good girl for twelve months through all parts of my mother's kingdom search was being made for just such a young woman that she might become my wife i'll take nabla with me poor nabla was rejoiced and her mother astonished the king's son helped nabla to a seat behind him on the horse's back and bidding adieu to the widow rode off when he had got nabla home he introduced her to his mother telling the queen that by good fortune he had secured the very woman they had so long sought in vain the queen asked what nabla could do and he replied that she could spin weave and sew and do everything else a woman should and moreover she was so eager for work that her mother was beating her within an inch of her life to make her rest herself when he arrived on the scene at nabla's own cottage the queen said that was well she took nabla to a large room and gave her a heap of silk and a golden wheel and told her she must have all the silk spun into thread in twenty-four hours then she bolted her in poor nabla in amazement sat looking at the big heap of silk and the golden wheel and at length she began to cry for she had not spun a yard of thread in all her life as she cried an ugly woman having one of her feet as big as a bolster appeared before her what are you crying for she asked nabla told her and the woman said i'll spin the silk for you if you ask me to the wedding i'll do that nabla said and then the woman sat down to the wheel and working it with her big foot very soon had the whole heap spun when the queen came and found all spun she said that is good then she brought in a golden loom and told nabla she must have all that thread woven in twenty-four hours when the queen had gone nabla sat down and looked from the thread to the loom and from the loom to the thread 
wondering, for she had not in all her life even thrown a shuttle. At length she put her face in her hands and began to cry. There now appeared to her an ugly woman, with one hand as big as a pot hanging by her side. She asked Nabla why she cried. Nabla told her, and then the woman said, "'I'll weave all that for you if you'll give me the promise of your wedding.' Nabla said she would surely. So the woman sat down to the golden loom, and very soon had all the thread woven into webs. When again the queen came, and found all woven, she said, "'That is good.' And then she gave Nabla a golden needle and thimble, and said that in twenty-four hours more she must have all the webs made into shirts for the prince. Again when the queen had gone, Nabla, who had never even threaded a needle in all her life, sat for a while looking at the needle and thimble, and looking at the webs of silk, and again she broke down and began to cry heartily. As she cried, an ugly woman with a monstrously big nose came into the room and asked, "'Why do you cry?' When Nabla had told her, the ugly woman said, i'll make up all those webs into shirts for the prince if you'll promise me the wedding i'll do that nabla said and a thousand welcomes so the woman with the big nose taking the needle and thimble sat down and in a short time had made all the silk into shirts and disappeared again when the queen came a third time and found all the silk made up in shirts she was mightily pleased and said you are the very woman for my son for he'll never want a housekeeper while he has you then Nabla and the prince were betrothed, and on the wedding night there was a gay and a gorgeous company in the hall of the castle. All was mirth and festivity, but as they were about to sit down to a splendid repast, there was a loud knock at the door. A servant opened it, and there came in an ugly old woman with one foot as big as a bolster, who, amid the loud laughter of the company, hobbled along the floor and took a seat at the table. She was asked of which party was she, the bride or the groom's, and she replied that she was of the bride's party. When the prince heard this, he believed that she was one of Nabla's poor friends. He went up to her and asked her what had made her foot so big. Spinning, she said. I have been all my life at the wheel, and that's what it has done for me. Then by my word, said the prince, striking the table a great blow, my wife shall not turn a wheel while I am here to prevent it. As the party were again settling themselves, another knock came to the door. A servant opening it led in a woman with one hand as big as a pot. The weight of this hand, hanging by her side, gave her body a great lean-over, so that as she hobbled along the floor the company at the table lay back, laughing and clapping their hands at the funny sight. This woman, taking a seat at the table, was asked by whose invitation she was there, to which she replied that she was of the bride's party. Then the prince went up to her, and inquired what caused her hand to be so big. "'Weaving,' she said, "'I have slaved at the shuttle all my life. That's what has come on me.' Then said the prince, striking the table a thundering blow, By my word, my wife shall never throw a shuttle again while I live to prevent it. A third time the guests were ready to begin the repast, when again there came a knock to the door. Everyone looked up, and they saw the servant now admit an ugly old woman with the most monstrous nose ever beheld. This woman likewise took a chair at the table. She was then asked who had invited her, the bride or the groom. She said she was one of the bride's party. Then the prince, going up to her, asked her why her nose had come to be so very big. "'It's with sewing,' she said. "'All my life I've been bending my head over sewing, so that every drop of blood ran down into my nose, swelling it out like that.' Then the prince struck the table a blow that made the dishes leap and rattle. "'By my word,' he said, "'my wife shall never either put a needle in cloth again, or do any other sort of household work while I live to prevent it.' And the prince faithfully kept his word.' 
He was always on the lookout to try and catch Nabla spinning, weaving, or sewing, or doing any other sort of work, for he thought she might at any time try to work on the sly. Poor Nabla, however, never did anything to confirm his uneasiness, but, taking her old mother to stay in the castle with her, lived happy and contented, and as lazy as the day was long, ever after. End of the Widow's Daughter Recording by Bridget